0: Welcome to the Retreat House podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the table. We are continuing our series on spiritual formation, and this week we are talking about the theology, the theology around spiritual formation, and That and another thing I realized is I have not had my pastor on the podcast, and so I am so excited that this week I'm able to welcome Pastor Sean Winters, who's my pastor at Calvary Church, to come and talk about the theology around spiritual formation. He is—he's a dad, he's a husband, he's our pastor, he's a runner. And I actually got to be on the search committee when we called him to be our pastor, which was very fun to, to get to know him from then. And it was just very clear that he is the person that God had for our church. So I'm so pleased to welcome Sean Winters to the podcast.
1: Well, it's great to welcome. be here, Angie. And it's fun to uh, yeah reflect back on that time five and a half years ago where uh, we started a conversation about what God was doing at Calvary and mm-hmm. in our lives, and Becky and I uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to, to be a part of this.
0: Well, what was fun, I remember, at the time is, because we had gone through a process, a very intentional interim, and yeah. discovered, okay, this is who Calvary is. This is what we're about. And then you come in with what you're about, and it was like they just wove yeah. together. It was just was a great cool. connection, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, probably surprised both of us. But, yeah, coming into this situation, I you know I didn't know what God was doing. I didn't know... I, I was familiar with Calvary Church, but I just mm-hmm. didn't know uh, about the opening. We prayed for you guys in that process because we were sister churches where I was pastoring before, and and then to see the opportunity to sit down with you, and then to uh, I don't even be surprised by God's confirmation through that that, mm-hmm. that you guys had discovered something about who you were and who you wanted to be, mm-hmm. and how God had been stirring in my heart some of those same things.
0: Yeah, it was a very cool process. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I asked you to come on and talk about the theology around spiritual formation or like uh, sanctification and justification, which I think sometimes when people hear big theological terms like that, they don't know what is what or yeah, what it means. Right? And in a sermon a couple of months back, or maybe a few months back, you actually talked about sanctification and justification so clearly that I thought, oh my goodness, that's we should be talking mm-hmm. about the theology around this topic. Yeah. So that was why I wanted to come and well, have you on.
1: Yeah, and what I really want to do is is um, help help bring that theology down a really practical level. Mm-hmm. You know, put it on the bottom shelf so that people don't get blown away by it, but they understand what God is doing and what God has done and then how they can participate in that and what God is asking us to cooperate with Him in doing. And, and so, yeah, just to dis- distinguish between that that sense of Justification is the work of God in our life. He's already done that for us, and that's our standing. But sanctification is that process, and uh, so I'm I'm excited to uh, to talk to you about this and you know flesh out a little bit what this has looked like in my life, and then mm-hmm. you know as we've done ministry together and in other people's lives uh, to kind of flesh that out. So it, it's it's a it's a great work, this spiritual formation. But boy, it's it's nuanced for each person, mm-hmm. and yet there is some of that, that building blocks I think you're talking about, saying mm-hmm. These are, are, this is our standing in Christ, and this is the cooperation with the Holy Spirit as we, as we move forward in that, that piece that we need to kind of grab hold of.
0: Yeah, in some of my past episodes, especially as I've had guests share their own personal story, yeah. I've tried to make it clear that it's a description, not yeah. a prescription of yeah. what it's Great. supposed to be. I do think there are some prescription things that are getting into God's word, spending mm-hmm. time in prayer with Him. I mean those are the things that will cause spiritual formation. But sometimes for for individuals, sometimes that path looks a little
1: Yeah. Different. No, that that's really good. I, I think sometimes we don't pause to see the difference between those. We often mm-hmm. take our, our, our description and make it a prescription for other people mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, having children like you do, uh, raising kids, you realize, boy, God's wired each one of them a little differently. Oh my gosh! How can
0: children <laughs> with the same genetic makeup yeah. be so different? So different, mm-hmm. wired
1: so differently, and they and they love to give each other grief about that. But but yeah, just to say, okay, this is this is how I experience it. But then walking with our kids and helping them discover God and finding, boy, for one kid, it is it's more about conversation. Another one, it's more about reading a good book. Or mm-hmm. another one, it's about serving others and and the compassion that is stirred within you know and and again some of that's male female but some of that's just (coughs) different kids
0: right so where do you think would be a good place to start this conversation
1: yeah i think um maybe i could start with a with the description of Mm -hmm. of what i what i've experienced but also you know kind of um i don't know maybe i want to nudge into the prescription a little bit things Mm -hmm. that i think as I was thinking about your question that you posed to me, spiritual formation, I thought part of it is what we take in and then part of it is how we, we flesh that out or we, we use this in the kingdom of God to bless others. So, you know, you go back and, and uh you look in scripture and, and the, the Abrahamic covenant is about God's blessing so that we can be a blessing to others. And uh, we wanna we're gonna really focus on that this year. How has God blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others? Which I think
0: is so needed. So needed. I The way that I've, at least for my own life, or kind of the way that I've seen the church, the greater church, is that it's a lot of consuming mm-hmm. and not a lot of action. Like, almost like the church is obese and needs yeah. to get out and exercise Yeah, a little that, bit more.
1: That's right. And and you can be on the other side, too, where someone who is trying to do an adjustment to that mm. says, hey, we need to go, go, go. We need to serve, serve, serve. and And, and doesn't get the nourishment they need for their mm. own soul. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's some then there's burnout. Yeah, some mm-hmm. of that balance right. that, that you want to bring in this retreat house idea is, is we need to we need to tend to our soul, but we need to make sure that it it plays out in how we live life. Mm-hmm. And so for me it's been this challenge of say how do I take in the word of God? How do I as a regular basis kind of uh, be in and and study and soak in and and meditate and memorize and and spend time receiving from God. And then, in what ways do I then share that with others? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I find good mentoring? How do I find people to feed into my life? And then, in what ways can I mentor or help other people? One of the hard things for me is how how do I allow people to care for me? You know, we, we kind of like to be self-made, right? And <laughs> I totally
0: and, identify with that. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and some of it is saying, I I need to allow that. I need to let people. You know, the ministry of of the the body of Christ is that that we care for one another, and and if you aren't allowing people to care for you or or speak into you, then you're missing out on what your soul needs, but also probably some understanding of your own limitedness mm-hmm. and, and your own finiteness. So I have needs, and, and, and then I need to say, how do I care for others? And so it's that, it's that, kind of finding that rhythm mm-hmm. of how do I take in, how do I pour out, how do I take in, pour out, and making sure that I tend to both of those. And, you know, there might be seasons, I don't know, in your life, mm-hmm. maybe if there's seasons more where you're Caring for your own soul, and other seasons where you're serving more and on the edge of burnout.
0: Yeah, I think I'm. I think I. That's probably more my story, where there's a ebb and a flow to it. Yeah. Maybe a roller coaster would be. Yeah, <laughs> better. <right>. Where <laughs> I'm very attentive to it. Yeah, and then and then not. Yeah. And then realizing, oh, I'm, you know, like spiritually thirsty, or yeah. I, you know, why am I struggling so much? Oh, it's I'm not. I'm not seeking God. I'm not praying. I'm not reading yeah. His Word.
1: And, and we're we're sometimes so busy, especially with kids and family and mm-hmm. and the busyness of life, that we're we're seeing people. We're kind of bouncing off relationships. We're greeting mm-hmm. people, but we're not, you know, kind of sitting down and saying, you Having know, let, let's have a conversation. conversation. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Let's let's really connect. And 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 my soul needs that. And mm-hmm. and I want to be a blessing to you too. And and, and
0: when I do that, I think. Why do I not always do this? I, <laughs> I feel so I much better.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like wow, that was so cool. And and it, wh- why do I take so long between times? Mm-hmm. And then and then you find yourself just kind of bouncing off relationships, and and not doing it again. You're like, man, I, I need that. I need mm-hmm. that. I need that depth of time with God. I need that depth of time with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is it, again, it's that both ways. I, I need to receive so I can give. I want to give, and then and then kind of recalibrate with God and mm-hmm. and uh, with my own soul. So. Spiritual formation is interesting, and maybe a roller coaster is a, a good analogy for it. <laughs> but it, it's trying to slow down and say, you know, that, that there's times, yeah, there's seasons where, where we're required to give. There, there's times where we're just pouring out and other times where we're more the receiver. And mm. that may not be real comfortable, but we need to also realize that's, that's a part of God shaping in our soul.
0: That is hard for me yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine that for you being a senior pastor— that that would complicate it, for lack of a better word, the because you're in the position where, like, you're the head of the church, like yeah. you're the senior pastor, and so to have that wanting to lead, well, and it, maybe it's just for any leader really to lead, but then to also be human in that too.
1: Yeah, I, think. I yeah, I think there's, I think there certainly is challenges that come with it. There's opportunities that come with that as well, um, but but again, it's 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 making sure that we balance that, and maybe it's kind of like being a mom, where mm-hmm. where you know you you have you have a lot of caregiving responsibilities where you're kind of pouring out, but but the time where you can uh, really kind of open up mm-hmm. um, and just say, hey, here's here's the frustration of my role, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. here's the disappointments, here's a f- place where I feel like I'm really failing. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think MOPS is a place where that happens. I think moms do a better job than senior pastors do
2: mm-hmm.
1: of, of just being honest with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you know, as I've talked with with pastors and ones that I know well enough to be honest with, mm-hmm. you know, there is a sense like I, I'm not sure I'm I'm getting it done. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that I'm uh, I'm competent in this role. I'm not sure that I'm up to the task. And and there's just a lot of people kind of right on the edge. And I I get that, but we. We need to find places to, to you know, help uh, carry that load. We need people that kind of come alongside of us mm-hmm. who get it. Um, I, I once had a mentor that just was really good for me and that he was would <laughs> just confront me and, and, <laughs> and he would say, you know, you're not all that special. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, I, I know you got weaknesses, but, you know, can you live with that? Can you just trust mm-hmm. in God's grace? And he was a huge blessing to me. It was a great season in my life where he could just I could meet with him on a regular basis. So, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. last year the word that because I was praying that God would kind of give me a word, and at first I thought it was pride, and then it was hubris, and I thought, well, I think I know what hubris means. It's like pride, and I looked it up, and it's excessive pride. Mm. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Thanks for that word. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be an interesting year, and I realized the remedy to that was vulnerability. Uh-huh. which I completely wanted to reject because that feels yeah. uncomfortable. And something I've been learning too is that not not all relationships are created equal in that. Like what you were saying other pastors who you have the relationship with that you yeah. can be really honest that I think it's not I'm going to just go be honest with everybody about everything. Right. There are yeah. safe Relationships where that's appropriate.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's really good. There's, there's places where you can do that, and, and you need to find out if there's a safe place for you to do that. Mm-hmm. But, but we need to make sure that we do find that. Right. And I think I shared this last week that in, in any church, but you know, in our church, it's a, it's a large church, a couple campuses, you, you don't have to know everybody in the congregation. You don't have to know everybody, but you should know somebody, mm-hmm. and you should mm-hmm. know somebody well enough that they can be in your life to speak to you they know your stuff you know we're looking at at second timothy 3 where paul in verse 10 he says um, timothy you know you know me you know all about my teaching my way of life my purpose my faith my patience love endurance persecution sufferings it's a big list but i really kind of drew back to this idea that paul says you know you've been with me you've walked with me you've seen me you know my way of life we need people yeah, you know, sometimes our kids know our way of life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's not always pretty. Yeah, I
0: know. That's exactly what um, I was thinking. <laughs>
1: but that probably isn't the place, you know, especially when they're young, to, to mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable and, and I'm going to share all my junk with you. But but we need somebody else in our life who knows our way of life. Mm-hmm. That's the only place in Scripture where it uses that word. Paul kind of draws up this, this cool word of way of life that somebody that knows Angie well enough knows how you are, knows that you're not perfect, but no, knows? You don't need criticism. You need encouragement. Who knows how to or motivate Or when there is
0: criticism, it's constructive, and because of the relationship, I know. I know because they love me. Yeah, they're saying the hard thing. Yeah, like they love me well enough to say the hard thing.
1: Yeah, and they're they're going to come across that that hard thing, and they're going to still show up next week or next right. month. <laughs> you right. know, they're not going to go. Woo. Okay. <laughs> I'm I, out. I think I'm going to find a different friend. <laughs> And, and we need people like that. We need people to mm-hmm. say, you know, I mean, you're a pretty cool guy. Now that I've gotten to know you, you're not so cool anymore. <laughs> but I'm still going to hang out. I, mean, mm-hmm. I still like you. I'm still going to have coffee with you. And, and uh, yeah, the, I, I like that. The the opposite of pride uh, is is maybe not humility. It's vulnerability. The vulnerability kind of captures that that humility. It's it's honesty. It's authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pausing long enough. And I I usually use this passage for premarital couples. In Genesis 2.24, it's the first wedding ceremony. It says, you know, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And it's a phrase that's picked up in Matthew 19, again, in Ephesians 6. But verse 25, we don't often talk about. It says that the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. And the, the verse isn't about sex or sexuality. It's about vulnerability. Mm, mm-hmm. So there's this, this honesty, this candidness, this—nothing hid them. I mean, they, they stood before each other, totally seen.
2: Exposed. And
1: without—yeah, exposed and without, yeah, exposed and without mm-hmm. shame. You know, we get the joy of, as married couples, of being sick together or sick on different days <laughs> and, you know, struggling with fears or struggling with insecurities. And, and we're before each other, but, man, we want to be in a place without shame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's to say that I, I'm going yeah, to be exposed in this relationship. And by God's grace, I'm going to be loved. And, and that kind of relationship is a gift that, you know, I, I don't think we always have. But I hope that we have. And I hope that the people are listening, if they don't have that, that they can find that. Mm-hmm. Boy, pray about that. We need, we need people in our lives who, who know us well. And who still love us. But don't you think you also need to be that person, right?
0: Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
1: Who, who says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love the unlovely.
0: Right. I have a great example of this. I was sending a text message with a friend. We were texting back and forth, and she said, I'm so sad that when our kids were dropping off for a ministry thing yeah. here for snow camp. She said, I'm so sorry that we didn't get to talk more. I miss seeing you and I hadn't responded yet, and then I got a text from my husband, and I thought I was responding to him, and I said, okay, nope, but I sent it to her. So oh, she no. just said, I'm okay. seeing you, and I said, okay, nope, not realizing I sent it to her, oh. and a little while later she sent a question mark, like, saying what? what? What was this? And so I explained it, and then I went back and read the thread, and I, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so yeah. sorry, and she said it was such a great learning tool for her kids,
2: huh.
0: because she she told them what happened, and she yeah. said, "I know Angie,
2: huh. I
0: know that this is not what she meant, and so I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt,
1: huh.
0: and I'm going to ask her about it." Yeah. Which I'm so glad she did. Yeah. I felt so bad.
1: But boy, those are those are two gifts. I'm going to give you yeah. the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. which which happens maybe too little in our culture right, right. now. <laughs> Giving the benefit of the doubt, and secondly, I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, that that felt that felt kind of painful, but. You know, I know her better than that. What's right. going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's always a chance you're like, "Listen, I'm just too busy," and you blow her off. But that's not Angie. That's not who I know. And so she, so she was willing to ask the question. And, and right. uh,
0: boy, in the midst of a sting.
1: That's right. I mean, you know, phone conversations, they say, you know, like there's like 20 percent of conversation because you can't see, Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. you
1: know, everything else in the in the in the conversation. And boy, text is probably, you know, like two percent. Right. You can't see any emotions. You can't see any body language. You can't get tone of voice. Mm -hmm. You just get the message. (laughs) Boy, it's it's fraught with danger of misinterpretation.
2: (laughs) It
1: is. Yeah. When Paul talked about my way of life, you know, I mean, he, he threw some things. He said, you know, you know what my purpose and and we can be purpose driven people, and that's great, my faith, boy, that's great he you know he talks about patience, you know my patience. Paul doesn't always strike me as the most patient guy and I think there's a story behind there that'd be fun to find out one day but but he he matched that right up next to love, you know my patience, probably could say you know my impatience, mm-hmm. you know my love for you, you know my endurance, you know the hardships, the persecution sufferings, and then he challenges them. In his spiritual formation, you know, hang in there. Go deep with God. Don't don't get distracted. But again, it's based in this, this relationship. He said it's based in what you've walked with me, but it's what we've seen God do in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not surprised by hard things. We're not surprised that God is still active and working. And we're going to encourage one another, kind of spur each other on there.
0: And there's something so powerful like when you were talking about your mentor that you met when they were in their 80s. Yeah. That... Uh, the first time I heard Jill Briscoe speak and she was 80 something and she picked up her Bible and she said it's all true I, I've lived this I hmm. I can tell you that it's that it's all true Yeah. which is I mean Timothy walked with Paul but for Paul to say it's worth it I mean yeah. for him to be where he was and say like keep going it's yeah. worth it I know it's hard but keep going
1: yeah and and just very similarly I mean 2nd Timothy he, he talks about this might be it like I, I feel like Life is coming to an end. He's in, mm-hmm. he's in prison again. This is probably his last letter that he wrote. He's coming to the end, and he, he does that. He holds it up. He says, this is worth it. This mm-hmm. is, you know, all Scripture is God-breathed, and it's profitable or useful in your life. Um, it'll teach you. It'll rebuke you, which isn't comfortable. It'll correct mm-hmm. you. It'll train you in righteousness. Yeah, and boy, the joy of having, you know, I had, had a friend tell me that, you know, we all need mentors, and, and really we can have, sometimes we can have mentors that we don't, personally know. Mm-hmm. And he even said we can have mentors that maybe are no longer alive. We read a great book mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just shapes us. We, we need mentors. We do need people in our lives that can speak to us. But, you know, Jill Briscoe from a distance right. or, you know, other leaders that I've had in my life. Or like a Tim
0: Keller. You quote yeah. Tim Keller a lot. I do. And,
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's always been a distance. I was within 25 feet one time, mm-hmm. like as he's speaking, <laughs> but he was behind a mic and I was just sitting there taking notes. But yeah, I, I just, I just think there's something about those men and women who set great examples. The the eighty year old was an older woman. She was probably, you know, five foot two and just this quiet lady from small town Minnesota. God had taken her kind of around the globe, mm-hmm. doing and having significant impact for the kingdom of God from this little farm girl. And then she came back to Minnesota in retirement and was pouring into local church. And even in her eighties, she was she was uh, mentoring. Young college girls for Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, and on the side, she would take me by the by the elbow and say, "Sean, here's some thoughts," <laughs> and, <laughs> and boy, it was just it was gold. And uh, you know, she is she's in heaven with her heavenly father now. Mm-hmm. And um, but what a, what a legacy of faith. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can be we can be challenged by all kinds of people in our in our faith walk. All right, yeah. so we're looking at spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit. Paul talked about persecutions and hardships. You know, I think it's probably something we came across as kids, the idea that sometimes we grow the most in hard times, but nobody wants hard times. Right. You know, I, I think that's, that's a significant part of everybody's story. And, and yet, uh, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you grow through hard times? Like, what do you do in the midst of that struggle that helps you be formed by it for God.
0: The, the first thought I have is when my mom died, hmm. and because God could have healed her, yeah, but He didn't, but He could have.
1: Yeah. And what a, you know, is a faith statement, so a significant faith statement.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do I what do I do with that? And there was one part of me that felt like, well, God, I'm not really sure that's what I signed up for. I'm not, I, I don't know. And then I had a friend, Kathy Solomon, say to me, when my mom died, she said, look for God. He's going to show up. Mm. And if you don't look for him, you might miss it. But Mm. he's going to be there. Yeah. And it made me think of Elijah in the crack when God didn't come in the big storm or the loud or the wind. He came in the whisper of the wind. And if Elijah wasn't still and watching, he would have missed it. And so it was the... For me actually at that time it was hanging off of the faith of other people yeah. who just kept pointing me to God, back to God, praying for me, saying hard things but that were true that I needed to hear, but I was but they were safe, I could wrestle yeah. with things and could say the things that you're not supposed to say because they don't sound nice or you know, I had someone say uh, that you know it's okay to be angry with God and to go mm-hmm. to God with your anger because he can deal with that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so I think in answer to your question it's it's the wrestling it's a, it's staying in relationship, yeah, when we were going through infertility, I remember asking my friend Becky, who had also dealt with infertility. I said, "What do you do when you get so frustrated you you're just you're just so angry mm. and she said, "I tell god that i'm angry and I thought. Oh, you, yeah. you stay like, in Like is re- that okay to do? Yeah. yeah. And and you stay in re- what I saw was that she stayed in relationship with him. Yeah. She didn't cut and run, which is kind of my default that all oh, this is hard, so I'm just gonna cut mm. and run.
1: So so in that Elijah example that you know, is the idea that Elijah caught a glimpse of God. Mhm. Mhm. So in the midst of losing your mom and people giving you good words and encouragement, did he you get a glimpse up. of God?
0: He showed up. And if I, if I hadn't been watching, yeah. I, may n- I probably would have missed it.
1: What but did that glimpse look like?
0: I know <laughs> you're going to ask that. Uh. She told me to write it down, and I didn't. It was friends that flew in from Colorado for my mom's funeral. Oh. It was people letting me be where I was yeah. in my grief. We were remodeling our house. We were doing a major remodel of our house at the time. Yeah. And we were right in the middle of of it and looking back which is always 2020 i realized that it was good that we were remodeling because i had gone i had to go to my parents every day our, mm. our boys were four in one okay so, and most of our house was, was under construction <laughs> yeah and so i had to get up and leave Yep. and so so a couple of things
1: that didn't allow you to cut and run right but you had to be in your parents home mm-hmm. and so friends were there her. yep and friends were in your that's really mm-hmm. cool. I think, you know, it is interesting how God God works and God moves, and you know, he cha- people challenge you to look for it, and then He sent He sent signs of His care, mm-hmm. um, which is just really cool.
0: Because He always shows up. Yeah. He all that's the one thing I've learned. He will always show up, and if we're not looking, we might miss it.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the early questions I think in our search process, in my coming to the church here was about that and I, and I think a you know a, a good ministry question, a good life question is have you felt felt or experienced pain mm. if people haven 't felt or experienced pain, and there are people who haven 't gone through significant pain but but there 's a depth that comes in someone who 's
2: mm-hmm.
1: dealt with pain and so one of the questions I always ask potential staff members is tell me about a particular painful experience and how how you dealt with it, how you worked how God showed up
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there was a there was a story. That Becky and I walked through just an experience in our first church coming out of Bethel seminary went to Kansas in the small town small church I was the associate pastor it was a two pastor church and the senior pastor fell into moral failure had an affair within the church and mm. boy the small independent non-denominational church was in chaos and right. and I remember calling a mentor friend of mine down in Texas and uh telling him the story saying here's what happened what do i do and you know, he kind of gave me a strategy he was a counselor church consultant and he gave me a strategy for how i dealt with it leadership and the senior pastor and caring for and confronting sin and all of that gave me this great great outline and i just paused i remember after writing all this <laughs> stuff and i asked the question i said uh, matt can i just leave like can i just get out mm-hmm. of town mm-hmm. like you've laid out this huge and this is going to take a ton of work and it's going to be painful it's going to be hard and, Can I just leave? And his words to me, I'll never forget. He said, you can. You can leave. But he says, God called you there, and he's got something for you to learn. And if you don't stay and learn it, he'll just teach you at the next place. And and it wasn't like this, you you know, God is going to get you no matter where you go. It was like, God has got plans for you, and he's got, you know, he's called you, you know, cooperate with him, listen for him, look for him, as you said, Mm -hmm. you know, see where God's at, and This does this whole plan that I laid out for you, Sean, doesn't depend on you doing it. You Mm -hmm. got a team of people. You got elders there. You've got godly people are praying, and you know, but lean into Him on this thing. And you know, by God's grace and lots of conversation with Becky, we decided not to leave, Mm -hmm. and ended up staying there eight and a half more years and having just, you know, God really had fruitful ministry in that. But it, it was a battle. It was a war. But God really used it in the community and in the lives of that congregation, and even in that that senior pastor and and his marriage Mm -hmm. and the restoration that took place there but boy that was that was tough Mm -hmm. and i didn't want (laughs) to i didn't want to do it and you know and you look at paul and say you know you've walked through sufferings and and we've walked through persecutions and we've walked through you know when we're close enough with people says hey you know that you know my faith you know my patience my impatience you know my love my lack of love You, you know me uh, let's cling to God together. Mm-hmm. Let's continue to cooperate with him. Because mm-hmm. we live in a world that's fallen and we're going to face more of it. Right. The other thing of spiritual formation that's just so cool is it's you know it's an investment that always has returns. So my guess is that in the 10 years since your mother has passed away, where you received encouragement, you've been able to encourage others.
0: It's, yeah, it's been unbelievable the way that I've been able to— it was. Maybe two or three years after my mom died, the good friend that flew from Colorado for her funeral, Mm. her father was, uh, her sister was a missionary in Papua New Guinea. Her parents had gone there to help them. And then while they were there, they discovered her dad was full of cancer. Mm. And so he's on the other side of the world and they're trying to do things and she's couldn't find her passport. It was this whole thing. And she called and he was, he ended up being put in hospice And she called and she said, when they give him water, he does better, but they stopped giving him water or food or something. Okay. And I said to her, your dad is dying, and this Mm. is the process. This is what the process looks like of dying. I could say that to her because I had watched my mom Mm. die. I could say that to her because she and I have a friendship where she saw what I walked through. She knew what I walked through. And she knew that I loved her, yeah. and so I wasn't trying to be mean or tr- right. wasn't trying to hurt her. Right, it wasn't
1: an insensitive comment. You were like, naming it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what she needed to know, right. so she knew what she had to deal with.
0: Right, and so to be able to come alongside people in ways that I wouldn't mm. have yeah. had I not lost my mom, had I not gone through infertility and miscarriages, yeah. is there's just a different way that you can come alongside people. And sometimes, yeah. because there were people that were... Before me that came alongside yeah. me that yeah. when their mom passed away I there not many words had to be said yeah. like I knew that they got it even if it was their mother died with something different and at a different time it was yeah but they they kind of got it
1: and I, I think mm-hmm. that's that's what's really cool that you know the prescriptive things like being in the word of God and prayer mm-hmm. uh, being in community and maybe a, a mentoring relationship those those are just really cool building blocks in in every life mm-hmm. that I think we can encourage people, challenge people to do but but here's where it kind of where the rubber meets the road is it's it isn't just bible, it isn't just prayer but it's in the midst of those painful experiences staying faithful to god or when we are not <laughs> we understand god is faithful to us, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he holds us that we cry out to god sometimes in anger and sometimes in confusion and sometimes in disappointment, mm-hmm. sometimes in love and adoration. But we're cooperating with it so we're not getting stuck. Like people right. lose spouses, people struggle with infertility, people have disappointments in church and they get stuck and they disconnect. Mm-hmm. And boy, that's hard. It's, you know, there's been many other situations where I've said, can I just leave? Can mm-hmm. I just, right, right. I, I'm just out of here, I can't handle it.
0: And, we, and like the person told you, you have that choice to yeah. leave. Yeah. But then you miss out on the opportunity. Yeah. to grow and to learn and to be useful i yeah. mean i'm sure god used you yeah. in that situation so you were able to be an instrument
1: yeah. of his yeah. in that situation yeah, again, too. it was boy I, you know i received a lot because because we were all kind of going through this together and mm-hmm. i was able to bless others and you know by god's grace kind of move into that role of senior pastor of that church and 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 we saw cool things but yeah it was it, it was difficult days, and there was lots of care going back and forth, mm-hmm. and lots of courage and great women and men who just kind of were were willing to stand up and say let's you know let's do this, mm-hmm. let's trust in god and 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 again, we saw God, you know I mean, there's a story of God in that, there's a story of God in your story mm-hmm. that 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 gives us in this faith experience where so much is intangible, you know sometimes it's those moments that it's just for us. You know, I can hold on to that, you know, because I experience God. Mm-hmm. I read about him, I study him, I hear other people's st- stories, but that's where I'm just like, and he held my hand mm-hmm. Psalm eleven says that you know in the midst of those difficult times, we see his face and and the psalmist you know I think captures something that we all long for, mm-hmm. um but he's you know it's a psalm that's in the hardest of times and the most difficult, where it seems like the you know the world is shaking apart. Mm-hmm upright it says we'll see his face and sometimes I think we see his face in, in our in our darkest days which is uh what our soul needs
0: right that's so good
1: <laughs> no this is great this is, <laughs> this is so uh good. this is wonderful <laughs> I wanted to talk about one other thing and that's mm-hmm. out of um you know I did a series on the sermon on the mount there's just so much in there there's there's you know it took us a while to get through it and and we plotted our way through that There's a section at the end of chapter 6 that says, you know, don't worry about life. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry Mm. worry about, you know, it compares it to nature around us. Look at the flowers of the field and and the birds of the air. God takes care of them. But then it, you know, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, and it's kind of this concluding, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And, And a part of... Spiritual formation is the proactive things we do. Part of it is enduring really hard, dark days. But there's a whole lot of spiritual formation that's just plodding along in the normal days. In the
0: mundane. In
1: the mundane. Mm -hmm. And and I think that Matthew 6 gets to that, that each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to seek first his kingdom. I want to seek his righteousness. I want to live each day to glorify God. I want to live each day um, intentionally, even if even if that's just the simple things of how do, I, how do I care for a sick kid or how do I just go through the, the list of to-do's today, but I, I'm gonna seek first his kingdom. And, and again, the, the worry, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a pastime or a hobby for me. <laughs> I, just, I, I just worry about so many things. And as I get older, I'm, I'm not, you know, I fall asleep still pretty well, but I wake up early and then my mind starts going mm-hmm. and then I can't fall back asleep. But I, but I go back to this personally, just for me, like, don't worry. Yeah, you know, don't worry about the the things in this life. Don't worry about the challenges. Don't worry about the list. Still do those things, but over the top of that, I want to lay this idea that you know, and humorously he says, "The you know, pagans run after all these things." I think I, I'm not sure who the pagans. I think he could just say Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us tend to run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Uh, there's this great assurance of who God is in the midst of the mundane, doing what we do for the glory of God, changing diapers, for the glory of God, you know, dropping toilets, kids off. Toilets, that's always my go-to, cleaning toilets. <laughs> for the glory of God. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's filling out expense reports, the glory of God. It is answering email, um, you know, it's, it's sitting down and having that tough conversation with that teenage kid, um, you know, it, it's, it's doing marriage and, and continuing even, you know, we've been married 20, how many years have you been married now?
0: 18 year it on the 17th it'll be 18 years.
1: Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Happy anniversary. Thanks. We're coming up on um 2027 20, this year. So we've been married 26 years and and uh, we've got this cool sign in our front yard that says grow old with me the best is yet to be. You know, it was really fun when we were in our 30s and now we're starting to feel like <laughs> we are growing old. <laughs> and the sign, you know, the the paint is rubbed off the sign, but there's a there's a sweetness and there's a challenge of say how do we make this good for the long haul. Mm-hmm. The best is yet to be. It just doesn't happen. It takes intentionality. Mm-hmm. And uh, continuing to find ways to date my wife and continuing to listen well to Becky and all the good wisdom that she has and, you know, doing life together. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good thing. But, but we we'll get back to that. You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I learned in that preaching class I took was that it's that God it's always God first. God is always initiating. He's always there for us. Hmm. And so when we're seeking him first, he's already there. Hmm. Because I think it's easy to get into, well, if I do this, yeah, then God will do this. Yeah. Where it's no, God's already done yeah. <laughs> all these he, things and we're going to respond to that and he doesn't that doesn't mean that he is on on the line for, to do anything because I've been so obedient yeah. or that I've been seeking him. So going back to trial and pain, you know, I could walk all these, I could do all the right things, but that doesn't mean that my yeah. mom will get healed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Or, or that what I did or how I responded made it all work out for good. Right. It, it's, it's God who's already at work. Mm-hmm. It's God who's inviting us into this journey. Uh, yeah, it's it's like we can run after so many things. God already knows what you need. He's ahead of you on this mm-hmm. thing, and He's ready to meet needs, to give comfort. Sometimes it, it feels like in in the midst of those trials or difficulties or unanswered prayers, that we're not sure where God is, mm-hmm. and, and that's the hardest part. You know, we we read, "Hey, God knows my needs. Uh, my needs are kind of, bl- mm-hmm. you know, blunt here. I I, I right. need." And, and yet, we don't feel God answering that,
0: or in the mundane, yeah, where it can seem yeah. maybe like He's silent. Like, okay, I'm changing the seventh diaper of today. Yeah. Like, where is?
1: Yeah, I mean, how many times do I have to you, clean this? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, or mm-hmm. how many times do I have to make this this soccer run or whatever it might be? And and yet, there's this this part where we maybe it's that 2020 hindsight you talked about, where we look back and we see that God was. God was in that. Mm-hmm. So I read an article, and this is, this is uh, just kind of fresh, and I, I reviewed it just this last weekend, and I thought, um, you know, oftentimes we don't focus enough of, of this idea of being in Christ. There was a conversation that happened between a, a young mom and Eugene Peterson, and, and this young mom was, you know, she was trying to do seminary, she was trying to do kids, and she's trying to do life, and she's like, I just don't have enough time for spiritual formation. I don't have time to read the classics. I don't have time. And he said what what are you what are you disciplined in? what's the area that you're most disciplined and she said i have got a an infant with acid reflux, and it seems like whatever we put in comes back out, and so I'm spending the thing I'm most disciplined about is is nursing my daughter and he said, "Do that to the glory of God mm. but right now, whatever you do you do it in Christ um whatever you're most disciplined there'll be time you you can read classics, you can read you can do sometime, but right now, whatever you're most committed to, and that's good for all of us, whatever it is that we're most disciplined in it, make sure we do that in Christ. That's one of the most often used phrases for what Christian living looks like, is being in Christ. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to drive my... I'm going to drive my commute in Christ. <laughs> I, I'm going <gonna, laughs>
0: to be in traffic. I'm going to be in, in traffic in Christ. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm going to you know, shovel snow in Christ. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is, and, and it's that mundane,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just say, you know, God's going to use this. And, and in some way, maybe, maybe I get to see it. Maybe I won't see it for another six months or something mm-hmm. or two years. Well,
0: and to piggyback off of that idea, something that I've, that's been in the forefront for me lately is the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God is you know, the new heaven and the new earth is in the future, but there's also the kingdom of God now. Yeah. And that we're members of the kingdom of God now. Yeah. And that we're supposed to be about kingdom work now. Now. Yeah. And that idea of I think sometimes we forget our position within the kingdom of God and what that means. And that doesn't mean that then we there are all these things that we have to but going along with what you're saying whatever it is that's in front of us whatever the the call or the the job is that's in front of us that we need to get done remembering that that's kingdom work hmm. feeding yep. feeding your baby is kingdom work shoveling yep. the snow is kingdom work
1: yep and that we do everything for the glory of God and there yeah there's mm-hmm. a part of that that just you know like like we forget that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses we forget that the spirit is in us we forget that and 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 it's just that reminder saying you know i i'm a child of god and in this moment you know the the heavenly father sees me and has called me to this task and you know there's this part that says you know this is this is redemptive this is there's something in how i do this not only do it with excellence but do it to the glory of god and Mm -hmm. and and we're like man i'm not sure that even makes sense but but there's there's a, a part of that that's just helpful perspective it says man you know if I'm a child of God and God has given me this is my task to do today, then, then I'm going to do it to the best I can and, you know, may God get the glory for it. I like to set lists of things that saying, hey, here, here's what I get to do and here's the things I have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and some of the stuff I get to do is, is fun and it feels like it's it's kingdom work and it's, you know, boy, this is going to have impact. And that's great. There's a whole list of things I have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to get the oil change on the car and I have to whatever, you know, change the salt and water softener. and I mean, But there's all sorts of things about my job, too, I have to do. And so every year I kind of sit down and say, what's the list of things I get to do and then the things I have to do? For me, that's just a maybe a trick, but that gives perspective to the have to do. The have to do enables the get to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so sometimes, you know, like we're looking at the things that we're doing. We're, we're washing dishes. We're We're cleaning floors. There's some things that we have to do that enable our get-to-do, and yet kingdom, what you're talking about, the kingdom of God, is all of it is for God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the have-to-dos and the get-to-dos. Well,
0: I think it goes back to what Paul said, too, about his way of life. Yeah, Because Paul understood what it meant to be a member of the kingdom, I think, yeah. that that was his way of life the love yeah. and the patience and he was about the kingdom yeah. work
1: even his sufferings and persecutions I think sufferings is sometimes just the mundane mm-hmm. I mean sitting in jail seriously <laughs> seriously that can feel like suffering <laughs> yeah yeah and he, he's sitting in jail you know you think hey you know does God still see me does God still mm-hmm. know where I'm at John the Baptist actually wrote to Jesus and said I'm in jail you know like like, how come you're not doing anything about that and uh, you know sometimes we ask that question how come you're not doing anything about that mm-hmm we don't always know the answer. We don't always get the answer. But, but, again, that's the challenge of saying, I want to be in community. I want to be with support. I want people to come around me. Give me strength, even, even for the mundane. Right. And uh, we need to be vitally connected into relationships. As we say around here, our mission, you know, mm-hmm. building relationships, seeing Jesus transform lives. It's, it's not about relationships, but the relationships are the, are the good soil in which Jesus Christ does his transforming work.
0: Mm-hmm. So good. This was so good. I didn't know what to expect from our conversation.
1: I didn't either. And I tell you, I was nervous ahead <laughs> of time. So this is fun. Thanks for being patient with me. Oh, and, no, this was so good. And uh, having this this good dialogue, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's great to it's great to interact.
0: Awesome. So there are two questions I ask all my guests. The first one is because it's called Retreat House Podcast. How do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does uh, that look like for you?
1: You know, that's uh that's a great question. I. At different seasons in my life I have done a better job retreating and at times, you know, I it's one of those things that I do and when I do it I think, man, that was awesome, I should do this more often and then I get so busy and have a hard time even just fitting it in the schedule. Mm-hmm. And and I it just probably last week I had this sense of, of I've let that retreat piece kind of fall off the calendar map of my life and I needed to re engage. So I've set aside so I four months at a glance I just kind of laid out I said hey here's four times the next four months that I'm just going to take a retreat day. Retreat day looks like for me alone time, time in the word of God, time in study. I'm going to I'm a runner and I I'm, I'm proud of you Angie, you, you're going to take on this marathon? <laughs> marathon? Yeah, mm-hmm. good for you. I to
0: complete a marathon. I won't run the whole thing, yeah. but I will complete it. Mm-hmm.
1: Kudos, that's that's impressive. I've run some half marathons. I've never done a marathon. Uh, I'll, I'll look forward to your story. But but I'm going to take a run. You know, in the middle of that, I just you know, it's a time for me just to kind of get out. It's a decompression. It's a depressure. So so I want to run. I want to read. I want to spend time alone. It'll be some fasting, and then you know probably for a couple meals and then some snack in the afternoon because I don't want to be grumpy when I get home. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then it has to include journaling, you know, where I reflect. I've got this regular practice that I do of um, three things over the next 90 days that make a 50% difference. What are three things I, I can do? I think I've do? heard you talk about this before. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the next 90 days to make a 50% difference in life, ministry, marriage. So, I, so I'll spend some time looking at that, and I call that, you know, the, the big rocks and coveys kind of. Those are the things I need to put in the jar first. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's kind of what retreat looks like in my my life.
0: That's great. And then my other question is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe Uh. something about yourself, (laughs) (laughs) what would it be?
1: Hashtag celebrate weird. So my my kids are 15 to 22 years old, and they would probably have lots of answers for this. Um, (laughs) Hashtag celebrate weird. I I would say probably a couple things. Like I'm, I'm a guy that, so we live in Minnesota and it gets brutally cold, but I wear shorts all winter long. So I come home and and I put on put on shorts, and sometimes it's shorts and long socks and slippers, and it just—I don't know—I look weird. I look <laughs> weird around the house. I, my wife, my kids, tell me to change before f- friends come over. I'm a huge college basketball fan. I love the Jayhawks, and and it's just kind of nutty. My wife, like, you know, asked me the question just the other day. We've been watching Jayhawk games for years together. She asked me the other day. She goes, D- "Do you think you get a little too into this?" <laughs> a little bit too passionate. <laughs> I'm certain I, I, I'm balanced, but I think I'm hashtag celebrate weird. weird. Yeah,
0: that's funny. Um, Todd is not a fan of Duke.
1: Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm not a, the, Well, I like Schushevsky, but I'm not a. Yeah, I'm I think it was the
0: late '90s. Some things went down with bad refs or bad yeah. calls or something, and so he's never been okay. a fan. and he is an like stereotypical engineer, so not like super emotional, not like okay. highs and lows. And I have never seen him as passionate as I have watching a Duke game to the oh, okay. point where I, when you were talking about Becky, I, I remember watching yeah, Todd and I was like, too
1: into this. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> can you maybe show some of that passion about me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <and> not basketball?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just so up, so down, yeah. so all over the place, but yeah, oh, no, that, that's fun. <laughs> I, I, um, I enjoy college basketball and it's something that we kind of share as a passion as a family mm-hmm. and... and um, yeah, it sometimes gets a little weird. But uh, our, our oldest son just recently got married, and over the last couple of years he's been trying to indoctrinate her into KU basketball mm-hmm. and wasn't a huge sports fan, but she's, she's into KU basketball now. Yeah, so it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: You are welcome, and thank you for the honor of being here, Angie.
0: Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at, at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at angiesmith.com. MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House podcast.